What is up, everybody? Um, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Big Stick Energy. My name's Tori, but I feel like anybody listening to this knows that by now. Um, my co-host Renee is joining me today, and we are on the Out of Collective uh, Podcast Network. Another day, another dollar. Um, how many of you have not had COVID yet? Because I made it three years, and the little bugger got me this week. It sucks. It's like, honestly, like getting hit by a brick wall. I thought I was going to be one of those people yesterday that didn't get symptoms, but here we are. Um, super weird. If you haven't gotten it yet, may the odds be in your favor. Keep going. I was not as lucky, but maybe that means I'll be pumped full of antibodies. Um, total side note, but hey, that's the reality of it. So if you hear me coughing in the intro, that's why. Um this week we are interviewing jess hotter jess hotter is not only a certified badass and one of the most uh breakthrough and like early like successful like made it onto the tour and went from rookie to champion in one season of being on the tour which is absolutely insane um she is also one of renee and i's best friends which makes this episode super special because I can tell you that watching the the effort that she put in to training and how her whole life has been dedicated to that moment standing on top of the podium it honestly like super inspirational and super badass chick and also one of the best people on the planet not to mention she's absolutely fucking hilarious and this episode is like jam-packed with things that we maybe shouldn't say on the internet but hey that's what happens when you put three best friends together in a recording studio and then you slap it on the internet um yeah so this episode is full of weird things that come out of her mouth but also tips that jess has for people um who are interested in getting into free ride and what it took to take her from her home mountain of Rapehu in new zealand to the top of the podium in the free ride world tour like what skills did you have to develop how do you get there what do you need to work on because she has fucking nailed that shit and it is so great to see her still pushing through like filming with blanket collective this year and she's got a lot of really rad stuff in the pipeline so we're super proud of her um we also talk ooh tea we also talk about the fist free ride world tour merger because that has stirred up some drama and it's interesting to get an athlete's perspective on it and we kind of look at it from like a business perspective and also from like an athlete perspective because i think it's important to analyze both of those factors um this episode was so jam-packed with sweet stuff that we leave you on a cliffhanger at the end and we had to do part two so keep an eye out for that in a couple weeks uh before we dip into the episode if you feel so inclined as i always say please leave us a review we love the feedback even bad feedback guys it helps us do things better um and then we have to run through a couple quick ads from our sponsors thank you so much for your support and yeah let's dip into it thank you to deuter for sponsoring today's episode my first exposure to this brand was a backpack that my dad had growing up and it was a hiking pack and i did the classic borrow but you couldn't really call it a boro because my dad never saw the pack again until he went out and bought himself a new pack. Um, and so I took it because it was so comfy. I loved it. It was just like nice and airy on the back and didn't get as sweaty, but it just sat really nice on the hips. So I loved that pack. 
Now for skiing, I am rocking the 28 liter free rider SL. So that's the women's specific pack. I'm finding it pretty comfortable and um, low profile when you're riding just like around the resort. It can like pack down quite low profile, which is really nice, but it also fits in all your avi gear and everything that you need for a quick day out. So Deuter packs, you can look them up online. They're really great quality. I can attest to that. It's time for Out of Bounds Sport Nutrition Tip of the Week, sponsored by Mirror Energy, the real food energy gel made for the mountains that doesn't taste like butt. Tip number five, eat breakfast. Research shows that athletes who skip breakfast are likely to experience impaired recovery from long mountain days and a lower basal metabolic rate, meaning your body is slowing down to conserve energy. Not good. Even if you don't have much of an appetite, aim for something low in fat and fiber, moderate in protein, and higher in carbohydrates to make an easy-to-digest morning meal, and please don't just have a coffee. Some easy and packable pre-ski breakfasts include an egg sandwich with Mirror Energy Strawberry, not on it, but included as a pack, you know, eat them together, or a whole grain bagel with a banana and Ener Mirror Energy Cacao Almond. Uh, Mirror Energy gels are only made with whole food ingredients like fruits, nuts, and coconut palm nectar, making them an easy and balanced way to add carbs, fats, proteins, vitamins, and minerals to meals. They're the perfect grab-and-go fuel when you're itching to get out the door and onto the mountain. Mirror Energy products use simple ingredients in whole foods to support long-term health for humans and for the planet. You don't have to be a pro to fuel like a pro. Use discount out of bounds for 15% off on their websites and also tell them Blueberry Bergmont is your favorite color in your note and they promise to throw in something special for you. Jess, you should tell everybody like who you are, kind of what you do. I mean, we know, obviously, but tell everybody else. Hi, um, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to do this. I, I'm I'm Jess, uh, and I compete on the Free Ride World Tour at the moment. Um, I've been competing since I was 22, and I'm an old bag now, and I'm turn, turning 30. Actually, wait, what's the date tomorrow? Today, tomorrow's New Year's Eve. So yeah, I'm I'm turning 30 next year, which is pretty hectic, but um. Yeah, I compete on the Freeride World Tour and continue to do that and started filming with Blank Collective last season. Super stoked, love skiing, brat brat. Oh, I got a sled. I got a sled. The actual brat brat. <laughs> that was like the best. I think it's weird because you're talking to us, but that was <laughs> honestly, that's who you are in a nutshell, just the way you delivered that intro, which is freaking fantastic. <laughs> Um, I'm going to add a little bit extra because you're almost 30, but your career is also taking off right now. Like you won the kicking horse stop your first year on the tour before, um, before COVID hit like in 2020. And then your comeback season after that, you fucking won the free ride world tour your second year on the tour. That shit's fucking bananas. Like, and also watching you progress and get to where you are as a friend and Renee will say this too. It's just like, I cried when you won the kicking horse tour and I cried when you won the free ride world tour. Cause that's some bad bitch shit. So you're 30, but like you did not peak in high school. You are on the up right now. We're not 30 <laughs> yet. Yeah. yeah no time. We got things to do. Yeah. <laughs> to be, to be fair, like, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of high school. So I had to make sure I got after some stuff when I got out of there true oh <laughs> renee and i are two traumatized ass bitches you know a psychologist asked me what i like about my friends and my autism diagnosis and i was like i think we're all just severely traumatized 
And that's that's why she was just like, what the fuck? And Roger afterwards was like, that's not what neurotypical people say about their friends. But I think you, Renee, and I can all agree that perpetual hell would be high school. Yeah, definitely don't want to go back there. <laughs> yeah. And trauma is literally how Tori and I became friends. We were just like, yeah, I'm kind of fucked up. These are all things that happened to me. And then you're like, wow, I'm kind of fucked up too. Did we just become best friends? And it was like that scene in Step Brothers, but it was us being like, this is how fucked up I am. Oh, wow, I'm really fucked up too. Wow, we're fucked up together. And that's basically our friendship <laughs> in a nutshell. Do you want to go then, ski and build bunk beds in the garage? Fuck yeah, I do. I was going <laughs> to say, and then like, skiing was the glue that glued it all together. <laughs> the final commonality. No, the glue that glued it all together was like, oh, you're a fucking weirdo. Same. Mm. Let's go. And that's the same with you. It was just like, <laughs> don't rub your tits on my drum set. But instead of a drum set, I don't know what it would be. Skis? <laughs> don't rub your tits on my skis? I wouldn't be insulted by that, though. No, neither would I, to be fair. I'd be like, what are you doing? I'd be like, whatever floats your boat, man. <laughs> you really anyway. love my skis, don't you? Yeah. Boobs are good. Skis are good. It's good. You're good. Just do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So just one free ride roll tour also can't be understated. Either crushed and won or ate shit massively. So I feel like that's a thing we're going to have to talk about. Yeah, she was a bit of a spicy season last season. <laughs> Definitely got some mixed emotions coming out of that. Let's talk about emotions. We love talking about feelings. <laughs> yeah, true. I guess, uh, so to set the background, like you did your first Fred World Tour season and then went back to New Zealand. Everything is completely shut down for COVID and nobody was really leaving the country. So like, just so that people know you like kind of missed a year in there just because getting out of New Zealand was so hectic and it just wasn't super safe anywhere. And then you came back next last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely like a pretty hard decision to make to not go overseas, but for the Kiwis, like our border was completely shut down. So if we left, um if we left and something went wrong we couldn't go home and that's pretty scary to not have that like that kind of safety blanket where you know if, if shit hits the fan then you can always go home and and get help you know with your family and stuff but and I guess some people don't have that you know they don't have the family that they can fall back on and I'm just really lucky that I do but you know I was a little bit too scared to go overseas and have stuff potentially go wrong and have no backup yeah. And I mean, that's a pretty huge thing to put on the line too. It's not like you're just going skiing, like you are skiing these huge lines that do have potential for injury if you fuck up. I mean, we can talk about your run in Spain where you <laughs> got away with it because that was kind of scary. But yeah, like there is a lot on the line when you do your runs and we take for granted, I think sometimes, but it does say something about your values that you, even if it was a very difficult decision, were able to kind of put that on hold and say, you know what, like at the end of the day, this is what is ultimately the most important to me. And it's being healthy and being able to be supported by my family, whether that means I can do one of the activities I love the most or not. Like you still had that kind of list of what is truly at the end of the day important to you and I think that's really important to not always have skiing like all the way on the top 
Yeah, I definitely, this last season kind of gave me a little bit of a reality check. Like I'm so lucky that I walked away from those crashes, but at the same time, it was like, is, is this, you know, like is, is those, you know, doing that to yourself and taking those risks and is that worth it? And for me, at the moment that's like still a question that I'm trying to answer that I haven't answered yet but you know like I will continue to compete and I guess I'm just going to have to see how my like mental state comes into it when I get there because it's definitely pretty scary going through you know those crashes and and trying to build back from that so yeah we'll just kind of see what happens coming up this season. So like yeah we always say boundaries are hot and that's like a huge boundary right? It's like putting yourself first and stepping back and thinking about things. And boundaries can be internal too. It's like what's healthy, what's not. But we always say boundaries are hot. There you go. But how does that like, how did that experience and realizing the cost of your career right now, like how has that impacted the way that you ski and the way that it feels? Um, I think for me at the moment, like I, I found like a really cool, especially like after being quite scared of um hitting big cliffs for a little while like after after those those crashes I had on the tour last season I think that like I kind of channeled that energy into like a different place this season in New Zealand and I got really really into playing in the park and don't get me wrong like I suck at park but I had so much fun and skied with people that I don't usually ski with like especially because I'm usually spending my time at triple cone especially like towards the end of the season um, you know, like when spring skiing's on, Cardi's is open and TC's closed. So it was a really, like, really fun at the end of the season to, like, cruise around with people I don't usually ski with and, like, channel their energy into into that, knowing that it also will help things down the line with regards to freeride. Um, you're better at park than me because I saw you ski some park <laughs> this year. And, yeah, you don't suck. Okay, but I would also like to say how much Renee has improved. Like her 180s are better. Like she freaking, I was watching her story the other day and she like finished a box and landed switch. I was just like, oh, a rainbow box like, at that. Don't like, don't a like rainbow box. It was a In rainbow all box. The fucking details. Any progression is sick. <laughs> so. That's so sick. Dude, rainbows are scary. Like, there's this like tiny little baby rainbow tube at, at Cardi's and it was there all season. I still did not touch that thing. And I tried some like weird ass kink tube thing and I didn't want to go for the rainbow. Rainbows are terrifying. So like that's super sick. They are terrifying. But when someone hits a rainbow rail really well and they do like that one ski like over it, I'm just like, (gasps) it just looks so good and it's so steezy. But yeah, the park is scary. Like, do you remember my boss in uh, New Zealand? Um, He has a kid, Thomas. Do you remember Thomas? I think he was on the free ride team. Yeah, 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 Thomas. So I was at Cardrona. Yeah. Yeah. I was at Cardrona and I was trying to learn how to ski park. And I um, hit this like higher up rail and I was borrowing skis from my friends. And like they were pushed in all the way on the track. Like they were definitely like, it was not stable, but I jumped on the rail and the binding fell off the ski. And I like reverse toggled the rail. And I like my, my, boss's son was on the chairlift going over and I heard him laugh and I was like oh my god but I ended up like dislocating my ribs like they popped out of like my intercostal like spine muscles and like I was in so much pain and I went into the ski shop the next day and his son was just like 
yeah, so you suck at skiing park, hey? I was just like, shut up, Thomas. He's like 14 years old. I was just like, Shut your little face, you little punk. Holy crap. That's reverse tacos. My God, that sounds terrifying. Oh, my God. But also, like, my binding fell off. Like, it was a completely unnatural event. Like, you're binding. Like, the whole thing fell off the back of the track. It was so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing. No, it's fine. It was a while ago. It's it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. No, park is terrifying. But I think that like park skiers think what we do is terrifying. A lot of them. There's weapons like Finn Billis, but that's like, you know, a whole other pack of gum. Oh, yeah. That guy, he's good at everything. <laughs> like, yeah. it's insane. Um, But actually, like, it's been interesting to kind of talk to other athletes and kind of find out like where their headspaces are at as far as like that thing. Um, So like ABM. We all know how like we all know how freaking sick ABM is, but like he's king. Yeah, and like talking to him about like getting out into free ride and doing big lines and stuff, and like last year when we were filming with Blank like out in the Rutherford, and he was like talking about how nervous he was to like ski these lines, and I and I was like, oh my god, you come across as somebody who just like not be scared of anything, but oh, it's good to know that you're a human too. <laughs> good because i get scared all the time <laughs> yeah I'm, yeah I was, there was like a like a three foot drop the other day that like i was standing on top of going i just my brain can't compute right now and i'm terrified for some stupid reason and i know this isn't scary but i'm just I'm derp oh man i had such a bad one the other day i like new zealand ruined my ability to ski powder like I we didn't get powder there very often. It's so different to the powder here. And every time I ski powder, it's like I forget how to fucking do it because it's different. It's like bopping. It's not like carving. And I'm used to like New Zealand chalk and I fucking love like a chalky day. It's like <laughs> I love firm snow and I'm weird like that. But Roger and I were in Fernie and it was fucking insane. It was like a minus 30 day. And like they only had bear open and Snake Ridge was like completely untouched. It was like fucking heli skiing. It was waist deep from top to bottom. And so like we hiked up to the top of Bear from Boom um, because Bear was closed and we like skied over and coming down it, I got fucking terrified. I was just like- killing me with this right now. But I like, what, killing you that you missed it? Oh my God, yeah. I'm like talking dirty to you right now. You love Fernie. (laughs) You like, you heard everything I said and you could visualize it in your head. That's what just happened. I'm like, oh, and and the alders and Snake Ridge and- yeah and oh man and it's deep and okay and it's freaking raining in whistler like you (laughs) (laughs) You guess you have to move out my way actually it fucking poured in fernie all christmas Christmas. yeah i did see that everybody else got a little taste of our medicine so yes and lake louise is just like fucking bare bones right now they opened up whitehorn one and i'm honestly not sure how that's surprising that's that but dry. that's why they had to move back the first stop of the free ride world tour this year is exactly because of that <laughs> yes yeah yeah that's uh kind of it's kind of sucks <laughs> it would have been great if they could have moved it somewhere like um somewhere like Revy or something that would have been pretty cool yeah I, th- I guess it probably takes a lot of like pre-meditation pre-meditation anyway a lot of planning <laughs> pre-planning <laughs> Pre-plan- a lot of premeditation. Yeah, like- it's not like first, you know, okay, murder in the fine. first degree. Maybe I've got to meditate <laughs> about that shit too. You probably do. But I feel like you'd have to plan a lot of stuff more than just one month in advance. 
to but really like Revy's firing like I don't understand how it's only two hours away but Revy is so much better than like literally every other place right now well like aren't your storms like prevailing west like is it westerly prevailing because it probably just like hits Revy dumps and then like takes all the moisture out of it and then it goes over you like come over the hill to gold and it's like ah sunshine yeah. No snow. Uh, nothing left for you. Sorry. I think yeah. there are also like slightly different elevations. It's interesting because like if you go to Fernie, Fernie's like this weird little eco pocket. It's like a rainforest almost in there. And then you travel either side and like Cranbrook is like more of like a, I don't know, it's like a desert prairie. And then you're like in the prairies. And it's really interesting when you're driving into the mountains down like um, the highway where it transitions from prairie to mountain, but it's almost like it just like hugs it in. And I definitely think like the elevation in the mountains also have that effect for, so for some reason, Revy just gets pummeled and then like, it's so different. It's so You're right. You're right. Like Fernie is nuts. Like you go South, you go to Elko. It is like not even like 20 minutes down the road and there's like no snow on the ground and it's dumping in Fernie. It's just like the craziest thing. Yeah. It's freaking bananas. It's either dumping or it's raining. Fernie either fires or it doesn't. Do you know what we're doing right here? We're actually just hyping up Fernie so hard that everybody's going to go ski there. Go, no. Go somewhere else. Go, go somewhere, somewhere else. else. Go Revy's <laughs> stick. That's what we I, said is Revy, Revy is firing and it rained in Fernie. Remember that, everybody, from this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> actually, though, I've been, like, getting videos of friends from NZ that are, like, doing the season and, and Revy and, like, going on about how all these hits are, like, hits are firing and getting – some pretty cool videos sent to me and I'm like damn it like do I drive to Revy do I go do I go and I'm like oh but it's gonna snow here it's just such a hard decision you're like do I drive six hours is it worth it man mother nature is a fickle bitch like you really cannot trust and whoever is you know a weather professional a weatherman y'all have the easiest job because you can be wrong 100% of the time and not get fired it's the only job in the world where that is possible and it fucking sucks but um you should come out here 100%. I want to go see Smoothie in uh in Revy. Oh, I see you out in Revy for the season. Yeah, he sent me a message. I think he's just like heading over here right now. Sick. Yeah. Nice. Come hither. I think there's the quite east. a few Kiwis. I, I think quite a few Kiwis are heading that way. I Who know else? that Manu, Manu gets into Whistler in a few days. And uh, oh, yeah. I think Hummus is going to be in Revy at some stage uh who else is going those ways i think like craig and that might be going those ways too oh really but, yeah not sure about finn but i think craig is craig okay what what was the ski movie craig was in this year the msp movie his part was fucking sick like beast mode breaking his like he was either his hand or his finger but i was just like i'm so proud oh. to see that kid like just like taking off like i remember when i met him in new zealand and it's yeah he's killing it how is that dub flat though? Holy, that, I think insane. that just blew the internet up. It was so sick. Yeah, his like his um his run from the like kicking horse twenty twenty stop when he like looked like he was lost and then he came in and he hit that fucking hip, like the gap. Do you remember yeah. that? I think yeah, he, he did... got his he got his pole stuck in a fence at the top. That's what he was trying to untangle himself. Okay, that checks out because the commentators were so confused. They were like, he doesn't, he's, I think he's lost, guys. He was like, he was not fucking lost. What the fuck, Craig? They were like, this was fucking insane. I remember watching it and just being like, that was some Jedi shit. Like, what? Baby Yoda, go home. Like, what was this? <laughs> it was pretty, yeah, it was 
pretty freaking nuts. But yeah, I think he, I think yeah, pretty sure he said that his yeah his pole was stuck in a fence at the top, so he's trying to untangle himself first. And that's why, like, after he'd untangled himself, he waved and was like, oh, yeah, and dropped in. Yeah. So, like, oh, judge me, judge me from now, <laughs> not from this from before. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's like being like, hey, if I, like, miss a pole plant, here's why. <laughs> it's like, I got yeah. one, but it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> um, okay. What I was going to say about Fernie's, I got terrified skiing powder and it's okay to be scared. Sorry, I needed to like interject that to finish my story because I'm autistic. Um, but the next thing I wanted to say, because we were talking about the Free Red Bull tour, is it something that you can talk about? But how do you feel about the fist situation? Oh, yeah. No, we're, we're like cool to talk about it and stuff. I I think everybody's got different, like some people are super opinionated about it. And Dude, the comment section was violent. It was violent. Like they got torn a new fucking butthole. And then the CEO came on and talked. And like, again, the comments were just horrible. I was just yeah. like, this is insane. <laughs> probably It's probably good. I actually just like completely missed that. So I haven't, I should go back and read the comments. But to be honest, like to me, it's, like firstly we don't know how it's actually going to affect things day to day just yet so like as an athlete it's like friggin we'll just see what happens when we come to it and like I think with fists it also opens up a lot of opportunities for athletes in their own countries like some some countries will sponsor fist athletes and some like because obviously the tour was kind of just this like cowboy sport off to the side that that like people didn't really some people like well, governments didn't really take super seriously um and I think I don't know if that's kind of the way to put it but you know like with FIS being on board with stuff it makes things that little like that bit more official and I think that hopefully I mean I'm not sure if it will or not but maybe it'll open up funding opportunities for free ride athletes which you know like you look at some of the crew on the tour and they're still working full-time jobs you know like Jamisa is a freaking engineer and he's doing his engineering thing all year long and skiing as much as he can in between and like takes a few months off for the tour and then goes back to it so it's like you know it'd be it'd be cool to be able to see him you know not freaking out of you know not having to and and he might be working like working full-time because he wants to and not because he has to but like I know the other athletes on the tour and on the qualifiers are definitely working full-time jobs because they have to and they just have to make that money to make it happen yeah that's a super valid point I know that like um working for the Canadian ski racing team, seeing like th those kids fees are fucking expensive. And it's like, there's some of them that are in university, but there's no way being on the world cup circuit and doing what they do that they'd be able to have a job to ski at that level. And I feel mm -hmm. like free ride doesn't have that same respect, like up and coming kids that are doing the the qualifiers. Like it's kind of seen as like this, just this thing that you do until you make it. And then it's like, Oh shit. Now they might get paid. Now they might get opportunities. But if the circuit and like the world cup not, sorry, the World Cup, that's getting my sports mixed up. But if the, the free ride qualifiers were looked at from like a fist perspective relative to like provincial teams and competing at that like provincial level and then getting to the national level, like it would create a lot of opportunities for up and coming young skiers to get yeah. sponsored and actually do this as a career and get equal respect. But um, from that athlete perspective, yes. But then there's the other like kind of consumer perspective that people are scared that like um, fist is going to make free ride less accessible it's always kind of been the bad kid in the group it's like you don't have to be somebody to do this and it's like if you look at what happened with freestyle and like pipe and stuff like that it did become very exclusive and there's so many like financial and just like sociological barriers to keep people getting into the sport so it's kind of like twofold like I'm yeah I'm curious to see what happens yeah it's kind of, 
to be honest with you, like I think that things were kind of heading that way in the first place. You know, like there are teams that, you know, there are kids that are learning free ride at the age of friggin' like they're in programs at eight years old to do free ride. And there are other families that can't afford that. And, you know, there's there are kids coming up through the full junior qualifier, like the junior comps and then going on to the qualifiers. And they've already had, you know, 10 years of training on top of like other kids who might have just been skiing for the for the fun of it and even then like that's still super inaccessible for so many people just to even go skiing I mean a freaking day pass at Whistler is like $210 or something like that is insane who the, who the hell can spend a full day's wages on going up some chairlifts like that absolutely blows my mind that 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 is considered to be a reasonable price like I don't even think it's considered reasonable. That's ridiculous. I know. Yeah. It kind of like makes me think about um, all of like the traffic delays with planes and shit and how people are getting held up waiting for their baggage. Like WestJet did a post on social media last night. I only know that because I saw it on my work account um, because we follow them for work. And like they were like, sorry about the delays. Thank you for the patience with us. And people were like the most entitled privileged comments underneath. It's like, if you know you're going to be busy, you need to have more staff. And I'm like, y'all. Flying and being able to travel is a fucking privilege. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like they like, but like the the level of like disdain and like Kareniness that came out of it is just like, it's honest. It like I understand like sitting that long would be brutal, but like the comments are just so dehumanizing and rude, and it's just like, whoa, this is a privilege. And it's the same thing with skiing. Skiing is a fucking privilege. It is fucking expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And do you think that if they had the staff, like if they could find the staff, they probably would have them at that point. And I can tell you because I flew back to the coast from Calgary on December 14 and we got delayed and then everyone got on the plane and we got out to the tarmac and they were like on the intercom. Sorry, um, got a brand new grounds crew and they forgot to load someone's pet. So we have to go back to the gate and grab this pet and they forgot to load up one of one of the dogs if there's one type of baggage that you should triple check it's the fucking dogs like yeah and so like i was on there and i was like hell yeah we gotta go back like we can't leave this dog there this poor dog like i would lose my mind if my dog didn't make it like it sucks if your ski bag doesn't make it but if your dog gets stuck at a different airport i would lose my shit (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, that's a that's a freaking living, breathing animal that relies on you and that you like, oh my god. I'd be beside yeah. myself. And also, yeah, the photo you took of the the dog being reunited with its family was the cutest thing ever. And she looks so happy. So Yeah, but they straight yeah. up told us like it was the captain or the flight attendants that were like, Yeah, it's a brand new grounds crew. Like they're still in training, basically. <laughs> they just, just like think- straight up said it. And I'm like, well, I mean, fair enough. Like, you don't have people. You found someone to work. And they were saying, too, like, when I was in Calgary, because it was so cold over the holidays, a lot of these issues with baggage, they would hire people, but then most people weren't even showing up for work. And well, there's, like, I'm sure there's, like, loads of reasons why, like, it's cold and, like, they probably don't get paid enough for how cold it is. But the same thing you could say about a lot of jobs in the ski industry, like, everywhere is, like, short for staff and we're open to australia again and that was their that was the big thing when it first happened in covid and we didn't have any staff they're like oh yeah it's because no one from australia can come work here 
Well, they can now, and we're still short. So heaps of people just found other pe- heaps of people just had to find other jobs and other ways of making money during COVID. And now, like now, they don't have the people for those jobs. I guess, but like oh, at the same time, I think there's just so much intolerance. Don't get me wrong; like I can be an intoler- intolerant bitch at times, but like it just <laughs> it surprises. Awareness is bomb. Yeah, <laughs> I could be yeah. a fucking but, bitch. But like, but like. But like you don't need to be a shithead to somebody who's just like working a minimum wage job dealing with your bullshit you know like you, you yeah you like there's timmy's timmy's the other day like we're at tim hortons and oh i was at tim hortons i was getting this getting some brekkie and was just waiting for my food and this this guy like goes up to the front desk and or like to the guys at the front desk you can tell there's like a kid from high school who's just like learning the job and is asking questions and you know he's like greeting everybody and have saying have a nice day like he's actually being just like a genuinely freaking really good employee and um you know like other people were just kind of like you know somebody else was chatting to a friend whatever and you know other people were making food sweet as this guy comes over and is like oh um do you have any i think it was like butter he just wanted some like separate little like things of butter to put on his whatever the hell he had and then like and the kid was like, oh, I don't know, I'll ask. And so he like asked one of the other staff and they were kind of busy in conversation. So he went and asked somebody else and um, and then he like came back. He's like, no, I, I don't think we do. And like, he's like, yeah, I don't think we do. And then this guy like walks away and under his breath and he's just like, you're a bunch of fucking idiots, you know, like just says the most, like he just, I can't even believe he said that. And I was so angry. I turned around. I was like, you don't need to be a shithead. Like I turned around and said, you don't need to be a douchebag. Okay. <laughs> walked away. That's on the this best note, part of the story. <laughs> on this like, note, this reminds me of like this example of when Jess and I went sledding. And we did like one of our, was it our first day or our second day sledding of this year? But anyway, I we won. We changed the battery in my sled together, which go oh us. Amazing. And then we had to go pick up Jess's from the shop because they were installing a rack for her and had to like drill through the tunnel. And the guy, we pick up her sled and maybe Jess could tell the rest of the story better. But she just like came in at the perfect moment just to call this guy out and he was like oh shit like you could tell it like stopped him in his tracks anyway, maybe you could tell because yeah. you actually did it <laughs> i so loved like, it i like went into the shop there's so much crap i have to get turns out like i know nothing about sleds and i went in there like fully honestly just like i don't know what's going on what the hell is this machine how do you make it work and uh end up having to buy like a bunch of stuff and I needed to put glides on my ramp, which I still haven't done, but um, I was going to put glides on the ramp and I needed to like get the rack put on and all of this stuff. And like, I'd bought the glides and they were putting the rack on and then it came back and I was like, Oh, I can't remember how we got into the conversation, but he's like, I think he say, asked like, what did we do he- today? I, well, I think he asked you if you put the glides on and you're like, Oh no, like, didn't do it today or something and he uh, he rolled his eyes he fully rolled his eyes and goes well you came in what did he say you came in all hot being like i'm gonna get all this stuff done and like and then you didn't and then i was like <laughs> i was like don't 
don't look at me like that. Oh, what did I say? Don't give me that look. I said, don't give me that look. Some of us don't have access to power tools at all hours of the day. Like, fuck you. I didn't yeah, say fuck you, then, but still. And then and I then he, chimed in because he's like, oh, oh. Well, I, was I was only joking. joking. I was just joking. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, whatever. And I was like, yeah, we changed my battery on my sled. It's not like we didn't do anything. And he was like, oh, oh, wow. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny though we're just here trying to learn and we actually did do a couple of things by ourselves today so fuck off (laughs) yeah we might not know that much but we're really giving her a bloody good go (laughs) anyway don't be a douchebag that's the moral of that story okay no i love it i love it and when people are a douchebag just call them out because this guy was just like stopped in his tracks immediately and he was like oh fuck i really fucked up here (laughs) <laughs> I think I like I, I used like the full mum voice like the voice that my mom like my mum has this teacher voice it's this like you didn't want to mess with mum when she puts on the teacher voice you know like I grew up with a mum a teacher is my mum and my mum my, my mom teacher. was a teacher too I know yeah my mum taught me as well so that was pretty like yeah don't fuck with mum at school you know and uh yeah I just kind of pulled that voice out turns out it's inherited that voice fucking right because you're just like <laughs> hi that's not gonna fucking fly (laughs) me and he was just like oh my god (laughs) but honestly there's so many times in my life looking back at it where i wish i would have done that like yeah this this do you guys ever like walk away from a conversation or whatever then you like play the conversation over in your head but except that you say like the thing you wanted to say and you're like yeah, that would have sounded way better. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. But I have those conversations out loud most of the time if nobody's around. I'm like... <laughs> but, yeah, I feel that so hard. I remember, like, I was pretty drunk at an after party after Freshtable, I think maybe in, like, 2021. I can already tell the story's t- TMI. It's not, actually. It was me just, like, not putting up with bullshit, but thank you very much. I, what do you, what do you, you think came, I did? You came in hard there. What do you think I did? This is TMI. Tori gets buck fucking wild. Because you always <laughs> tell these stories, and it started with this one time I was really drunk at festival, and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> this podcast oh, is like, just gonna be people this, being like these this is just three mates having a yarn with some <laughs> random story that tori's gonna tell that probably ends in something that she shouldn't say on the internet <laughs> man yeah last week's episode renee called me she's like we probably shouldn't keep that in the episode i was like no i don't think we should and so we cut <laughs> we'll it out cut, we'll cut we'll cut that all right ask okay. me another question then guys aren't you meant to be interviewing me <laughs> No, okay. Let me finish my story because it's not that bad. No, we're moving on. Fuck. I'm staying out of this. (laughs) That's fine. It's fine. It's okay. We have to get back to skiing. Okay. Yes, skiing. I did have a lot of questions and we got derailed. How the fuck did we get this derailed? But at least we talked about sledding. We did talk about sledding. Yeah. It's honestly hard. hard to learn and mentorship is hard to find um thank you Mitch Long for yesterday for digging our asses out and thank you Renee for taking me out and thank you Heimer and thank you Riley I don't know I just want to thank everybody for fucking picking my ass out of the snow um okay I I feel like I'm gonna like backtrack because we just got majorly distracted there but where a lot of this started was with privilege and talking about Mm. privilege and then talking about assholes and (laughs) 
to bring Man, us, those to bring us go back, hand in hand though to bring know? us back you were saying how like there's still such a huge amount of privilege for kids that are growing up on these teams now and their parents are paying for it but that didn't necessarily exist when you were learning how to ski and I know like you and I have had a lot of conversations about this so that's why I'm just kind of wanting to flesh out some of your thoughts because I think you have such good perspectives on this of how we could make this better for kids that are coming up now that maybe don't have the same access or like what the beauty in how you grew up skiing and we're able I mean I'll let you explain it but we're able to do it as like part of your school day at times and that got all you guys out on the mountain and learning yeah I think so I'm not exactly like 100% sure how it all worked together but I know that like the mountain I grew up on had a program with the local schools and you had a day each week so each class had a day each week that they'd go up the mountain in the winter just in the third term so they could go up the mountain a maximum of like 10 times um often the weather was crap for half of that so you got like five days so that's still that's still better than a kick in the face but um well, most things are better than a kick in the face but the um Oh, I love your like that meta. It's better than a kick in the face. I fucking miss Kiwis and you. Oh my god! Continue your story. Who's <laughs> <laughs> do say some sideways stuff? But yeah, um, they so they like had this program set up, and I I believe that the mountain had like a really good discounted rate for the kids to be able to go, and and I can't quite remember because obviously like I was, it was a lot younger, but I I feel like there wasn't any kids in my class that weren't able to go up and I don't know whether that was covered by the school I think it was like $30 per time the kids went up the mountain or something you know like it was a reasonable price they paid for the bus it paid for their rentals it paid for their lesson it paid for like everything up the mountain that day basically um and even then like $30 that's a lot for, that's a lot of money for some families that are living like paycheck to paycheck $30 is shit tons so you know like having those programs is so important to be able to make things accessible for kids and seeing seeing that change a lot in the last kind of few years you know like my mum was telling me my mum's the was running like the primary school ski team kind of thing and she's been doing it for years she's walked away from it now but um they I think they made it so that the kids had to pay for a season's pass and with the season's pass they got all of like they got all of those things included but they had to pay for a season's pass outright a season's pass for a kid was like I know 300 350 dollars that is a lot of money for a family to like throw down at one time with no guarantee that the kid's even going to get up the mountain because some of those classes only got like one day because the weather was bad or something else was on or like for whatever reason they couldn't go up some kids were only getting up like once or twice and for $350 or 300, you know, if it's $350, that's way too much for, for like two days of skiing. That's not worth it at all. So like, it just, it sucks to kind of see those things become more inaccessible because the only way that we're going to be able to appreciate and just mental health, physical health, all kinds of health is like, so you know like outdoors is instrumental in that and and um those kids being able to spend time in their own outdoors and the outdoor that they the outdoors that they grew up in where they live 
is so important and it just sucks if like there's literally a mountain that you look at every day but you don't have the money to be able to go up there and experience all the all the things that all these other kids do like that just seems like shit to me sorry i went pretty hard on that <laughs> it's a good thing to go hard on that's why i prompted you on it because like, yeah. i know you feel strong about this <laughs> yeah and it like i don't know i don't know what to do as you know the person that i am and and what i can do to change that but you know my mount like the mountain that i grew up on has gone into 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 administration like it owes millions of dollars to the government and you know we'll be lucky to still have a ski field next year so like right now kids having access to those that ski field is not really the the front like not really the biggest problem right now the biggest problem is we might not even have a ski field for those kids to enjoy but you know hopefully we do come on government bail them out <laughs> let's go bail out our ski hills Ch- change the board of directors <laughs> oh you didn't hear that from me i went to a shareholders meeting i didn't realize that adults yeah here we go i didn't realize that adults can act like such children that they just do it with technical jargon it was honestly shocking it is shocking that people can run a mountain and they can talk about each other like that, but use just like the most hectic jargon that nobody understands. Oh, 120%. It's like in any situation like that, like I, my first corporate job, I got yelled at because I didn't realize there were things that I shouldn't say. And that's definitely like an autistic thing. And then I read a book about communicating in the workplace and I was just like, oh my God. (laughs) But like understanding like how nobody, nobody actually says what they mean. They always say fuck you, but in a really polite way. And it's just like, it is the most insane thing to watch. Like watching like, you know, like a VP of marketing have a conversation with another department. I'm literally gobsmacked. Like how do you imply so much shit? It's it's crazy. It's like diplomatic, but just like, I don't know. I enjoy watching people sometimes, but a lot of adults, especially in political places, because power skews them. Like they are fucking children. They're children and they make really big fucking decisions that affect a lot of people. Mm, yeah it just it's petty shit it's like high school oh totally it was pretty mind-blowing you know watching that in that setting with so much at stake you know watching the place that you grew up skiing and like gives you warm fuzzies when you think about it you know like watching that possibly go down the tubes because it's because you know like they blame it on the weather and they blame it on COVID and all of that stuff doesn't help but like you should have a backup plan you should have money set aside for when shit goes sideways because the mountain that I grew up on is not known for having good weather and is known for having bad seasons so make sure you've got a backup plan but yeah these guys just went in full hundy and spent way too much money Hmm. I just built my bubbly down my face sick (laughs) 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 <laughs> fucking suck we're all adults here speaking of adults uh, are we are we we're almost 30 and flirty but i don't know if we've reached adulting we okay we adult okay Renee's i spill most i, I really most food know. on myself i don't know the solution is to it your pineapple problem. of course yes. it is. You, you, of course it is <laughs> 
Uh, what were you saying? I, was I, at I don't Justin's know what the solution. Last week, so I know that that's what flavor she has. <laughs> um, I was saying I don't. You know. said that that like that was a negative character trait. You're like, of course she is. Like, uh, well, like, actually, we went to the grocery like, store, and I was like, no, this is the best flavor. Like, you have to choose this flavor, this flavor. Just like, oh, already yeah, have pineapple. So, anyway, that's the backstory of that. Um, oh, it's because <laughs> you introduced her to it. That's why <laughs> you were like, I might have. Yeah. Who knows? Um. I was just saying that I don't know what the answer is to all this administrative shit, except maybe like having more actual skiers in administration, maybe. I don't know if these people are as passionate about skiing as those who actually use the services and use the resort. Like, are these just business people that don't understand how freeing it is to ski and how much it just puts a smile on your face? Because that's what it's all about. That's what skiing is all about having a good time with your mates or getting out in nature and feeling free and having a good time. For me, skiing is all about all about the people I get to ski with. I can tell you from working at like a corporate level in the industry, it's not just that like a lot of them are ex-skiers or like they do have a passion for it. Like you don't just become a board of like an organization that like there's so much liability there, especially if you have stake in the, in the business and like you have like shares in the business, if that's why you're on the board of directors. Um, a lot of it also has to do with like the amount of privilege and the lack of diversity. It's like a lot of these people grew up in the industry. They had everything paid for them. Like they are probably white. There's more females now than there used to be, but it's usually dudes that are like kind of boomer era. There's little diversity. One female. I think there was one female and the rest of them were middle-aged white dudes. Oh, preach. I predicted that like I'm a fucking magician. Merry Christmas. Um, Yeah, it's like (laughs) that's literally the root cause of it. And like we've said this before and I'll say it again. And this is nerdy facts. But like the cornerstone of privilege is that you're unaware that you have it. And if you haven't had experiences that are barriers to you accessing something that you take for granted, you're not going to understand how to make it accessible. And also from a business perspective, like having to uh, from a business perspective, like having to like deal with inflation and shit, like they're not thinking about that, that entry level. It's not about that. They're like, I have to cover my like and costs. And it's like business becomes business. It becomes numbers and it becomes data and you lose sight of the people. And that's honestly what's happened in the ski industry. And yeah. And what they, you know, like what so many people forget is like the people that run your mountain are the local people a lot a lot of times the local people I mean look at Ruapehu you know you could be employing so many people from the local towns and and they often do they 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 do and I don't know it's just such a yeah this is an old freaking rabbit hole really but um okay but this takes me back to the fist thing uh because everything that we've said is like against a board like a, a an a organization that governs something that is not reflective of the people and that's literally what FIS is FIS has so Mm. much shit against them and like sport organizations are not like look at FIFA it's the most corrupt fucking sport organization in the world like look at what they've done for like the you know like world I don't I don't watch soccer so I'm gonna use 100% the wrong terminology here but like what's happening in like is it Iran is that correct right it's like no idea I don't I don't actually watch sport 
I don't yeah, watch I don't that either. in the Freeride World Tour until the year I qualified for it. Hearing about it and understanding how government bodies, like I feel like sport is overlooked a lot. People don't think about the corruption at the like the business side of things and like the governing side of things. But if you look at how many different athletes from like different disciplines are coming out about sexual harassment and abuse right now, like it's happening in like Hockey Canada, tennis, gymnastics, like you fucking name it, like it's coming out. And it's like at the end of the day, business does negate people sometimes it's really weird it's hard actually actually got into a really hectic conversation today about and don't quote me on this because i have not read up anything about this but quit and and feel free to feel free to correct me but like dun 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 cliffhanger uh thanks so much for listening you guys please stay tuned for part two coming out in a couple weeks